if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com. And you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Hello there, it's Danny, and I'm talking with Katie. Today, we are going to be talking about an issue that everyone listening has tried to tackle at some point in their journey toward natural movement and better health. What makes natural movement hard? Are you ready for this, Katie? <laughs> are you yes. Ready? So we, we're going to ask, what are the hurdles that people face when trying to fit more natural movement into their life? And you have a huge job ahead of you because you're like the fix-it woman today. 
Well, I'll definitely be this throwing out some suggestions, woman. Right. And you don't have to fix everything because you are just a human woman and that's okay. But I um, am. I, I am also, just a human you are, woman. You are thank you for thank woman. you for reminding me that sometimes yeah. I forget. You're just you're just a girl. I am um, not a robot. No, I am not a machine. Nope. You're just like the rest of us and I do, however, admire your ability to provide solutions. That's something that you, you're <laughs> yeah. pretty handy with. You're thank pretty you. good with. So let's see what we can do. I asked folks questions on like, you know, Facebook pages about alignment and got so many responses to this. So clearly it's an issue. Well, right. I mean, I, I think in terms of it doesn't matter, natural movement, exercise, diet, like changing anything is hard. Like is hard. Ch- the change is the hardest part. It's not the thing that you're transitioning to or the thing that you want to start doing. It's the decision to change. It's restructuring your life. It's changing who you into who you're going to be. Like It's it's huge. That is that is the biggest piece. It, the, the, the thing the running, the squatting, the cooking your own food, the walking to work, like it's those aren't difficult per se. They're simple, but the inertia, the inertia is the hard part. That is so true. In fact, we could just end the show now. There you go, everybody. The inertia is the hard part. But I hope you like yes. that solution. Thank I'm just you. a human. Just I'm just only a human. A human. <laughs> Have a nice day. So we got about probably 100 issues, oh, questions, oh, and everything. Oh but but <laughs> for those of you listening who sent these in, or if you're listening and you just you have your own thing you didn't send in, if you don't hear your question featured, I bet you a million bucks, if you're listening closely to the show, you will find an answer that solves that which vexes you in regards to getting more natural movement. So you may not have your specific thing answered, but listen closely because you probably will find an answer that is applicable to your specific issue. So keep an open mind, listen closely. Um, And also we're going to do something different. You always show us a stretch toward the end of the show, kind of halfway through the show. Can you kind of pepper this show with some stretches for us just to show ways that you can get little movement in all day long. Are you cool with that? I'm only a human. Yes. <laughs> yes, I can. I will I will do my best. Like right now, what I'm doing is I've grabbed all of my hair and I'm just twisting it to stretch the muscles underneath the, Ooh, the skin of the head. Mm. And like you have a lot of muscles on your scalp. And I was just thinking, I'm stretching my feet. Like I'm on a, like I have to stand here for work. Like most people have to stand there for work. So I've got, I have a half dome under one foot. I'm twisting my hair, getting all of those cranial muscles and I'm standing up. So, so that, that wasn't so hard. I'm still, I'm still, still getting still my work done. Job. Still I'm still doing, doing my job. job. That's the crazy part. Yeah. All that movement and you're still doing what you need to do. Yeah. And here's a quick hint from me. It should be pretty obvious to all of us, but while you're listening to this, just get up and walk around. Walk there outside mm-hmm. and, and then boom, you've done two things. You've got some movement and you've got your fresh air, working your eyes and you're listening to this and learning stuff. There, we've just given you a couple of ways you can get natural movement into your life. I mean, and I'll, yeah, the temperature, the goosebumps, like there's so much to natural movement that doesn't have to do with exercise. But anyway, well, that will flesh itself out as we as we talk. So let's yes. go. Okay. Two big things. Which one do you want to start with? Toddlers or time? Those were the two biggest <laughs> issues were, oh. were time and, and toddlers. Well, let's talk about, let's do time first because they're not, they're not really separate issues, but okay. let's do time first because I think that'll be the more appropriate 
order, even though I'm only human, so I'm not okay. sure. But let's try and it. And if I could just interrupt you before you go into time, everybody comes from different places in their viewpoints in the world. And so mm-hmm. for time, we had people that they worked and they didn't have time. But some other people worked at home and they didn't have time. Some people stayed at home and raised their kids. I mean, so there's so many different ways. It's not like any one person has more than the other. No. And and I think that that's going to be the big, you know, you said, keep an open mind and listen closely. And I think that that's going to be the big takeaway, which is the hurdle probably has less to do with what you perceive the hurdle to be. And the fact that hurdles are kind of nature, mental hurdles are nature's way of keeping you from changing habits. So, so that's why you'll see that you'll have 12 people ask the exact same question who all have, like, I think with walking, right? I can't do much, too much walking. I live in the city. Well, I can't do much, too much walking. I live in the country. It's like, okay, wait a minute, because your everyone else's solution seems to be your current lack of situation doesn't matter what it is like the grass is always greener we always perceive that we're going to be able to change when our life is like x but it doesn't really work like that it doesn't have to work like that the solution doesn't have to be a huge radical change but anyway again well let's let's go let's dive into time then okay human girl all right (laughs) i prefer woman okay so let's talk about time question one i work i commute i have no time Okay, well, let's talk about the period of time in which you are at work. You can get lots of natural movement into your workday without having to stop producing your output, whatever your output may be. So there's different ways you can do that. One is you can restructure your standing workstation. We've done a whole show on that, right? Didn't we do a yes. whole show on office? So go back and listen to that show. Do you remember what episode it was? Uh, I think think it was seven. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't matter. It's called, we'll, don't we'll, just, don't just stand there. Don't just stand there. Right. So moving to a standing workstation, what is kind of like the general idea, only we get more specific and we say move to a dynamic workstation. So most people are just sitting at work all day. You get to work, you sit down, you're in a chair until your lunch break. And then maybe you get up a little bit, you eat lunch at your desk, and then you get back down. And, and so you're, you're really still for periods of time. So my real quick suggestions, there's a lot more in that other episode would be switch your body position around while you are at work. You can get a hanging bar in your office. I mean, like it seems crazy, but people spend a lot of time. I, I work a lot of times on Facebook and there's a lot of people at work who are also on Facebook. So I know you have time to step away from your computer. <laughs> I will give you a hall pass from reading anything that I'm posting because nothing I'm posting is more important than you walking over to go hang from this bar that you have in your office. Or you have a say you have really strict kind of traditional office. Just put your arms up a wall, right? So different than the computering position. What about the shoes that you're wearing when you go to work? Do they have some sort of feature that's limiting the mobility of the whole body when you do walk around to the office to go to the bathroom or whatnot? Talk to your office about walking meetings. Like if you guys get together for like 15 or 20 or 20 minutes or like an hour long meeting, certain times a day, it's like, you know what? Here's all this research. We want this whole office to be healthier. Can we take this meeting outside? Do you spend a lot of time on the phone on the office? Can you consolidate all your calls to a specific 
um, range of the day in which you go outside and take a walk and do them on your cell phone. Like there, there are so many solutions within being at work all day long that don't have to affect the work that you get done and your job and your livelihood and stuff like that's where I would go with that one. Put a tennis um, ball under your foot. I mean, whatever. And, I mean, and like roll, roll your foot yeah, while you're yeah. while you're talking on the phone or working at your computer. Yeah, and I think that people are still associating exercise with movement, right? So go back and listen to the Natural Movement podcast, where um, it's not about these. It's not always about like these big giant things. Like I need to be moving more for so many hours. If anything, it's about these tiny, subtle motions, getting them in. Like what's the what was the latest um, research paper on? on changing the cells in the arterial system. I think you just had to get up for two minutes um, every 30 minutes and walk around like at two miles an hour. That's like going to walk over and wash your face with some water. Go out, go walk over and look at a window. Just walk around your office, stand up. You know, I, I write a lot. I write a lot. My life has turned into writing writing and moving. That's all I do. But like when I, I will sit down in front of the computer and hours can go by without getting up, you know? And so you just have to, you just have to break it up. Think about less like moving, um, in the traditional sense and more like breaking up your geometry. Like I've been in this particular geometrical position change. All right. So that was my solution. And then commuting, commute differently, change how you're sitting in your car. You can be, you know, you have to be safe when you're driving, but, and everyone's commutes a little different. Is there a way to take public transportation where you can stand? And oh my goodness, I've been on public transportation all over the world this last year. And it hasn't really influenced my, it hasn't influenced that I get natural movement. The the type of natural movement changes, but if you're stuck somewhere, um, you can always be stretching and standing. And I hang, oh my gosh, I hang on the side of the train on the inside. You know, I'm hanging on the luggage racks and I'm on airplanes and I'm standing and it, it, you, know, you have to get over feeling odd by being the only person not sitting, but that's what this is all about, right? It's about breaking free from a cultural restraint. So, so anyway, right. only human. <laughs> so, and I think that takes care really of the work at home parents that wrote in and said they don't have time because there you go. There's ways to get it in. And at home, it's a lot easier. At home, it's it's uh, much easier because you're you're in your own clothes. You know, like it, like there are right. no one's looking at you. Well, yeah, and like you can just go out and walk around the house, uh, walk around the structure of your house outside, and then you might have even a little bit more freedom to take phone calls and and whatnot get up from your your desk and go do a house chore. That's mm-hmm. that's movement, you know. Do a few squats to to do it. You know, instead of compartmentalizing our life where it's like now I'm at work and now I'm at home and now I'm with the kids and now I'm exercising and now we're eating, you have to kind of think about how can I cross over some of these categories. So so that would be again, dynamic workstations super easy when you work at home. Much e- more easy. Yeah, it's true. than when you're in the office. So did we cover stay-at-home moms yet? Like I have I, oh. I have an infant. I have no time. I have an infant and a toddler and the diapers and the laundry and cleaning that weird sticky thing off the chair, and I don't have any time. Well, that's, a, that's the cool thing because um, – and that's one of the reasons I'm so open with my life is that people can see that I am a stay-at-home, full-time mother. Um I have a two-year-old and a three-year-old. 
<laughs> I have laundry. <laughs> I have a home. I have family. You have I have to cook meals. I have to cook meals, and you have even to chase and, after kids that don't even, wear any clothes. Yes, and I'm trying to garden, and I'm trying to cook. You know, my food from scratch. Like, um, it's you again. I think it ha- it has to f- do with the feeling of being overwhelmed. All of that. Also, I'll say that. I'll say this. I'll say that. I am fortunate enough, like uh, one of the things with being a stay-at-home mom is that being a stay-at-home mom has become synonymous with being a single parent for large periods of the day. So I'm a stay-at-home mom, but I also have a stay-at-home dad. So I realize that that makes a difference because it's two adults Mm -hmm. on two children. And so one of the things with this natural movement kind of paradigm is with natural movement would come natural tribal relations, meaning you would not be expected to have to care for your children all day long by yourself. And that is, that's the next hurdle. Like in my next book, which you mean your next, I'm going to plan up <laughs> my, <laughs> yes, yes. It's actually my next, next, but it's actually my next, next, next book oh. is really talking about, um, cause I have the diastasis recti. I've got mm. barefoot diastasis recti that's and right. then the KB on DR. <clears throat> oh, that's right. Is that one solution for stay at home moms is to get someone else in the home with you. It does not have to be a someone who's relieving you of your tasks. So it's not like a babysitter or a nanny. I don't have any of those things. But I do have a local niece who was eight and then nine. And I could have her come over to be outside with me. So if I wanted to go out and get natural movement and I wanted my children to get natural movement as well, I could, um, you know, if my husband wasn't here, bring another older child over. And I found that the same results came from having other five and six and seven-year-olds that you can go outside to a playground with your small children and move right alongside of them. So I think that that's for stay-at-home moms is one, get some help, (laughs) find some help, help that does not cost you anything. Cause that's, I mean, time, and money, right? Those are the two biggest limitations. But we're always taking extra kids over here. Always. We take walks every single day. And I, I know we'll get to this. Our walks are slow and labor intensive, you know, in trying to get little kids, at least at first, to get little kids to start moving. But I found that, hey, when I had other kids, when I had a four-year-old and a six-year-old and another two-year-old, all of a sudden it wasn't this adult, this single adult. And these two kids bored out of their minds at being with another adult because children throughout time have been with herds of other children of all different ages, um, kind of motivating them to go to the next developmental step, you know, it's kind of modeling. It's like, Hey, I'm two. What do three-year-olds do? Hey, I'm three. What do four-year-olds do? Like you're always, they're always being challenged, but the challenge between a child and an adult is so huge. It's just, I, it was just like, I just watched my kids. Like they don't want to do anything with just, me. They would always prefer to do it with any other child in the universe. <laughs> so I was just like, hey, does anyone want to bring their kids over? I'm taking a walk. And then all of a sudden I found that other moms are sitting at home by themselves and other dads are sitting at home by themselves. And we just started creating community groups. It doesn't have to be during the day. Maybe it's in the evening time. Maybe it's like, hey, everyone, let's meet up this park. We'll all bring a dish. We do this in the summertime, almost 
three to four nights a week wow. where we do a very casual text send out. I'm going to XY Park and I have got this dish to share. Bring your kids. No, no nothing. it's not a party. It's just dinner. It just happens to be outside. All of a sudden you got 40 people there. That's awesome. You got 40 people there. You got people without kids who want to hold your baby. And you got someone who wants to push someone on the swing. And then you got two people breaking off and going to do laps. You got some people climbing trees. And that's that's how you have to think about it. You have to think about it more like a lifestyle and more like, how do I fit in 30 minutes of exercise? Because it's not really like biggest, that. That's the biggest departure yeah, for many yeah. of us is that it getting movement isn't about bringing your duffel bag with you, changing into different clothes, moving at 24-hour fitness or whatever, and then leaving. I mean, you can really skip that and and weave it in throughout your day, and you don't even have to be that creative. Right. I think it's just because we've just been repeatedly told that it doesn't count if it's not exercise. It doesn't count if it's not intense or big or sweaty or time-consuming or isolated. So that's not that's not the case. And and that really you just kind of answered the the next question which a lot of people have toddlers that are slow. They want to get out and walk, right? They just want to walk at an adult pace for miles and you answered that question and also you did a great blog post about <laughs> um, <laughs> your your kids when they were just little little toddling after you and your husband and how what you guys would do during those walks. Instead yeah, and of also just walking at a snail's pace like you're walking down the aisle to get married, you you did stuff during those walks too. Right. And also you have to keep in mind that natural movement is the pace of all humans. It is not you walking by yourself as fast as you can. That is not natural movement. It can be a component of natural movement, but it is not all natural movements. How do you think people walked 10 to 15 miles with every single person, young and old? In their group, they walked at a pace that everyone can tolerate. And sometimes you scoop up people along the way and carry them when they're tired and let them come back down. But I think, again, um, it has to be hard and at a particular pace for us to think that it counts instead of recognizing that um, someone posted a really great meme. I think it was uh, Debbie Bean of positively aligned. She makes great memes where she takes like these awesome pictures of her. I mean, she lives a a crazy, crazy, beautiful life as far as natural movement goes. And she had put a meme over a picture. It says like, um, it was a, it was someone else's quote that said, um, walk quickly, walk alone, walk slowly, walk together or something, something like along those lines. And I just think that's, it's really, the, our f- idea of fast walking has to do with what you do on on flat level pavement ground that you do want to be able to walk. You want to be able to walk quickly um, and you want to be able to walk up and down hills and you want to be able to have your heart rate, you know, fluctuate throughout the day. It's just that when you're walking slow with your kids, it's not that you're not walking or getting natural movement. You're just getting some some nutrients, and then you can get your other nutrients later. And I think that for for everyone, but especially parents, especially moms, if they've been delegated that the you know being the primary caretaker through the bulk of the day, is that walking quickly by yourself is is a stress reducer more than it is. I mean, it's also good exercise, mm-hmm. but what you really want is just time for yourself. 
and I am, you know, all about that. And I, I too needed that. So what I had to do is I had to get up at five thirty to get it. Yeah. And I go take my five mile adult pace walk before everyone else gets up. And if you have a new baby, you will get there soon when you can go. But I also used to take my adult by myself walks with my infant, with my littlest infant, because I could go, you know, I'm going to go do a fast two mile walk, you know, carrying this 10 pound football on me and I'll go pick up something at the mailbox. And I, it wasn't like I was always had to watch all of the, all of the kids. So you you just, you look for every single opportunity and um, you take it, you take it and you never hem and haw, just go. And there's always, there's always different stages, you know, you get your, in different stages. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also natural, right? Natural right, movement totally. fluctuates throughout life. Like natural babies movement is happen. Babies happen and it slows you down quite naturally. And it's great because it's slowing you down as as your body is coming back together again, right? Yeah. Like it's it's all it's all packaged so okay. nicely. And so for you getting up early in the morning, because one of the questions was, well, it's too dark out. You have a walking buddy, don't you? I do. And I live I live up in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, it's dark here until five o'clock. There's lights. You can go to a place that is well lit. Um, it's when it's really. We were walking. I mean, it's really rural where I live. Like wild animals and stuff. Rural, um, like dangerous wild animals. Rural. I just want to clarify that. And I'm only human. So um, we were doing it for a while, but as you know, as the end of the summer, and then it's just getting darker, and like the darkness seemed to have a weight upon it. So there was a certain point. I was like, you know what? Let's go to our very small downtown area of our rural town. And we met there and we just started walking five miles there. It's, it was, it was lit. You get a walking buddy. And I suggest that I, I can't tell you how getting your, getting a walking buddy right now is your biggest ticket to success. It doesn't cost a thing. It doesn't have to be someone that you love and adore. I have someone that I love and adore. But frankly, one of the reasons I love and adore her is that she will walk with me every, like your, <laughs> your relationship, you will just, it's just, it's everything that I need. It's outside time. It's natural time. Natural. It's chilly. It's natural, natural loads to my skin. It's dark. It's, there's no screen time. It's talking. It's adult social time. It's child free time. And it's five miles of walking. It's like 90 minutes Anything else can happen the rest of the day and I feel good because I can always refer back to that morning. Do that. Put out a Facebook post. Put out a tweet. I am looking for one or two or three people to start this group because if you have more than two, then even if one of you is tired or sick or out of town, the group continues to go. And do it. Just do it. It's not too early. You will get used to it and then you will come to Love it. Even if you're not a morning person, just do it. Being said about the time, if you really cannot do it early in the morning, then find a group that you can do it at 10 in the morning with you. Sure. Carry your babies. I mean, so many different variations. Yeah. And, and it's limitless. It really is limitless. It is. Because I know it changes at the ages that your kids are at. Uh, it's yeah, it's constantly. I thought yeah. I was never gonna walk it. I was like, my life is over. <laughs> I have a one and two year old. I'm never gonna do it. It, it just changes, and it, it changes, changes, and you don't even realize it. And all of a sudden, you're like, why aren't I doing anything? If I'm like, no one needs me in the morning anymore, and I still nurse at night. Like, so I just really want people to hear. I am a breastfeeding, stay at home, two small children, full time working mom, who's only human, who is only human. And I can do it, but I can do it, I believe, more so because 
I've mentally decided that I am going to do it first. The solution comes later. More than I just happen to have, like, I see, it's like, oh, your life is so great. And you have all these solutions. Like, I worked my butt off for it. Yeah, them. you, you, it, it was crafted. It, you, you I, it, it everything happen. that I have right now, I have crafted Absolutely. because I, yeah. And so, so if you find yourself going down that road, just stop and take a breath and just find one thing that you can, cha- can change. It's so easy to list the things. Sometimes I'll Facebook post something and I'll be like, okay, consider this. And I don't want to hear any reason why you can't. Not that there are not reasons that you can't, but you have to start changing the way that you think about stuff and list at least three cans before you start going down the cans because the cans are so much easier than the cans. You've been given cans your whole life. We're like cans with a T are, it's just it's just reflexive. It's just so reflexive. And then when you get tired, it's so hard to come out of that space. And then when you get sick, it's so hard to come out of that space. So just start by writing down. Man, I feel like Tony Robbins right now is like, you can do it. And I just mean more like, more like objectively speaking, just make a list, just make a list because you will leave the cans off because again, I believe it's our natural mechanism to prevent ourselves from changing because it takes too much energy, fit like m- metabolic energy. Right. I didn't really want to sound preachy there, but I wanted to sound motivating. Did I sound motivating or did I sound preachy? No, you sounded motivating and you're proof in the pudding. I mean, you're not just saying. I thought I was, you, I thought I was human. Hu- now I'm pudding. You're human pudding. You, you've done it. And, and I know that it's just none of what, how your life is. You didn't fall into any of it. You, no. you worked hard for it. And that's, you don't do it all at once. Nobody does it all at once. You do it in bits and pieces yeah. and you make it happen. So And I and I also did not come from a family where it was modeled for me. I have not been like this my entire life. So I mean, it was a conscious decision around 17 or 18 to start making it happen. Like I am naturally <laughs> I am naturally a very sedentary person. Just so everyone out there knows. I would always prefer deep down to be doing nothing except reading or watching episodes of Top Chef or something like that. Like that is my that is my default really really deep down because that was that's kind of the modeling that I got early early on. But I just started tapping into other like I've seen other things and I just started you know becoming. I just started kind of changing. So you you can do it. You can you, do it. You totally can do it. So it's just one step at a time. And speaking of steps, let's do a little stretch and then we move on to the next uh, what well, are you, you doing right now? Well, I'm still, I've I'm just been going back and forth between one foot and the other foot, kind of simulate, simulating uphill. But what I was thinking is right now, um, if you have a doorknob handy or if you're out walking, yay, you can grab um, a pole if you're walking um, around the streets. Like, see if there's something you can hang on to that's sturdy, a sign pole or a tree trunk. And what you're going to do is you're going to grab onto the doorknob or the Banister. sign pole, whatever you got. Like I'm, I have a bookshelf right here, but I don't think I'd hang on no, the bookshelf do by where I am. But I have a doorknob kind of behind me. And you're going to come down into a squat and you're just going to keep back your feet up. We tend to squat really close to doorknobs or what, if you're doing a supported squat, which I love, um, we tend to like hold all the tension in our arms. Like you're real close to it, back way away from it so that your arms are super, super long. And then get your butt back so it's kind of super, super far away and then squat down there. Hang on to the thing that you're using to kind of stabilize your body and then uh, like just stick your butt way, way back, get way over your heels and then shift your weight back and forth. I'm going to step away from the mic because it's so good. I have to do it right now. 
So I'm way down here and I'm shifting. Ooh, that feels good. I'm hanging on to my big Herkin desk. Yeah, and just oh. get into the hips by really like shifting your weight to the right and the left, like squats for particular reasons because we're after particular loads and outcomes. We've got all these, you know, alignment points on them, but just getting getting down in there and moving while you're down and inside your squat, like there's so much value there. Like I watch my kids in there. They're building stuff, right? Maybe they're building right. stuff out of blocks and they'll go all, they'll lean their squat all the way to the right to get one block and they'll lean all the way to the left and their squat, you know, all the legs have tipped all the way to one side and they've moved forward and back. And so it's very dynamic. I'm gonna do it one more time. I'm down here. And then when you come up, push through your heels, try to stay off your toes and then really use your stability device, pole, trunk, otherwise, and come on up. And there you go. See, natural movement. You could do that at your office. You could just do it behind your desk, hold on to your desk and set a timer. That's the cool thing. You got all these gadgets. Like if you're addicted to your screen, put it to good use. Set a squat alarm, set a thoracic stretch, reaching your arms up a wall or, or or just reaching your arms over your head. Just set a timer. Do it. Love those reminder timers all the time. Stretch your neck, stretch your fingers. I use them all the time. Because if you if you are in front of a screen a lot, like both you and I are, you kind of get in the zone. And sometimes yeah. you do forget to move. So I have to have actual electronic reminders to do that. And it works for me. Okay, yeah. here's another good hurdle that people have. Very, very common. Temperature and some people it's too darn cold and some people it's too darn hot. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's and and you know, I've been too hot and too cold at different times, so I understand. Um, I think again, with hot and cold, the easiest way to deal with hot and cold is about duration. So, and I remember giving this tip a long time ago. You know, there's a mom, she lived in Nova Scotia, Canada, it's freezing. I've seen pictures. The whole thing is like, I think it's just a big ice ball. I don't know, it just seems it's like a snow house or something there. And <laughs> And, and then she was like, I got to put like, clothes on my kids. And we all know how that goes. You got to put all like all these layers. On. No one wants to go out. They don't want to get dressed. And if someone's got to go to the bathroom. I mean, you do all this work to go out and doesn't, despite the layers of clothes that you have on, you're cold within a short period of time. Everyone's moaning. You're like, this is not fun or stress reducing for anyone. So I, my suggestion was just then just go outside for three minute bursts and don't worry about the clothes. Yeah. All right. That's a great just, suggestion. It was just, and she was like, "Of course, I just never even thought like it, we're just so it's got to be this." Katie said, "You have to walk this many miles, and and I have to go do it." It's like, don't think about it in those ways. Just be, get tiny little doses, get little tiny little doses of nature and and movement, and just I think it'd be actually fun. I imagine being living in a snowball, running out of your house, you know, you're, you're all cozy and warm and you start, see, I, when I get too still and warm, I start to feel kind of like, I feel like I'm going to catch a cold if I stay here any longer. Like I feel very sluggish and I don't like that sluggish feeling any longer because it's, it's unnatural to me now because I kind of, I think I talked about this before. Remember how you transition out of like uh, regular shoes? Mm Mm-hmm. And then you put on like a special occasion. Maybe you put on a pair of old shoes that you had or a high heel or something. And all you feel is like your feet are all smashed. It's just yeah, like, you're ah. off balance. Yeah, yeah. Fall over. That's how I feel inside now. I 
feel inside on my body. And I never felt it before because my time outside has never been this abundant. So I feel inside and it's like, uh, uh, get it off me. So I imagine that you could, <laughs> that, that running outside, and I do this with my kids too. Like some days they just, like, I just want to watch a movie. Can we just watch a movie and lay down? And you go, okay, you did walk four miles yesterday. Um, but we, I'll still be like everyone outside. And she could just, or anyone in a cold place, just have everyone go outside. You put your boots on run around the house really fast and come back in. Go walk around the house really fast and come back in. Walk out to something and come back. Very short. The kids are fine because they know they get bored. They just don't, kids don't like exercise because exercise doesn't make sense. It's just moving for the sake of moving. It doesn't make any sort of sense whatsoever. It's not, it's not for the purpose of fun. It's just a it's a modern thing that we adults have created to compensate for our choices to be sedentary the bulk of the time. So kids are like, what are you talking about? Exercise. There's, I don't get the objective. It doesn't make, doesn't make sense. It's just wasting energy. My whole body is revolting against it. Um, so just some little fun game. Maybe you run out and hide something in the yard. Everyone go out and hide it in the yard, you know, or whatever. So, right. And then if you don't have kids, if, if it's not the kids that are – um, limiting, then just do what I just said and you'll feel good that you got four to five minutes of exercise before it got too cold. Just great. Just go out and, and do that. Or if it's too hot, like somebody wrote in and said, well, I could die. I'm in Phoenix. I could die. It's so hot. But I mean, couldn't you get up earlier when it's cool or walk later sure. at night when it's cool? I mean, there's... Yeah. I've lived in places that are warm like that. And, and, and if you go to those places, you will find people who exercise quite regularly in those places outside. But yes, you get up you get up earlier or you do it when it's dark or like I just said, you take small, small doses throughout the day. You just take a walk out. Um, also, you have to one of the reasons one of the reasons temperature is so uncomfortable, despite the fact that it's when you're talking about ends of a spectrum like this, it's just uncomfortable is that you don't really um strengthen the tissues. Like we think about our big muscles, you have tinier muscles that deal with shunting blood to deal with temperature. Those are totally deconditioned because you're always in the perfect climate that that you want to be, right? If it's too cold, you warm everything up and you dress to be the temperature that you'd like to be. Your body doesn't do the work to regulate your temperature. And the same thing goes for when it's really hot. You just create an environment in which the environment is doing the work of what your musculoskeletal system will do. People have lived in those areas without houses and clothing and shoes, you know, maybe they had some leather coverings. I think they just found a whole bunch of those in the Moab, like by Utah. But anyway, what I'm saying is one of the ways to make it more comfortable is in fact to embrace the larger picture of natural movement, which is moving through uncomfortable temperatures is one way to condition yourself to the temperature slowly and gradually. Of course, we don't want anyone freezing or overheating, but in tiny little doses is one way you get some of those skills back a little bit. That's true. And you do, you do adapt to different temperatures the more time you spend in them. Well, it's muscle, it's your muscle. Like your, that, that temp, that temperature regulation is, is again, it's move, it's small movements in your body that are moving things around to regulate your temperature. And sometimes it's moving things around like blood. Sometimes it's just moving itself to create movement. Sometimes it's lifting or lowering the hair. Sometimes it's moving water, but it's still movement. That Those things themselves are also the types of natural movement that I'm talking about. 
which is a perfect transition to the all or nothing question. <laughs> you don't you don't have to put all the kids in there and bundle them up in their snowman suits to go outside. You can just run outside. The all or nothing, that's one of my yeah. personal favorites as far as, you know, issues to overcoming habits or things like that. It's I, I got to do it all. I, I have to do it all right or it's not worth doing at all. And I don't know if you personally, Katie, have ever run into that. I don't have that issue as anyone who's ever read anything that I've ever written and seen how unedited it is. Like, I don't, to me, the principle of the thing is always the most important thing at first, you know, then clarifying the details afterward. That kind of sentiment is how I live my life. So, so worrying about, I, there, so there's one, there's one type of person or personality that will, you know, will say, it's like, I, I can't, I'm so worried about doing it wrong that the worry itself kind of negates the benefit of anything that you're doing because the stress, like the stress is more of the, the primary health issue, I would say, more than the lack of natural movement. It's just a, it's just a stress. It's just a way of, of um, processing information. And so, of course, I mean, I think we can say, and hopefully everyone knows that just doing everything a little bit is of value. Um, the other thing, kind of along the same lines, like I, I remember that someone used to say, what if I wear minimal shoes sometimes, and then, but I wear regular shoes the other time? Am I canceling out the benefit, right? And so it was such an intriguing question to me because I don't, I think, I think it's also because, you know, we'll talk about like, if you're reading magazines, it's like, work off that dessert, you know, like, or that you can, I have a brother who smokes, but he also runs. So his whole thing is like, I smoke a little bit, but I run to negate my cigarette. It's like physiology doesn't really work that way. Like, is it better to eat all junk food or half junk food and half whole food? You know, like, and, and it w- you'd be like, of course, like it would be better to eat, you know, a few good meals in one junk food meal than all junk food meals. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing with natural movement and, and, and anything, you know, you're, you're not undoing anything. It's just input. You just change some of your input to input that you think is going to improve your life a little bit. So, so there's nothing wrong with doing it a little bit. And then as you see changes or benefits you might have a what we call intrinsic motivation. Like the extrinsic motivation is like, well, you know, Katie said so right now. A lot of people are working on extrinsic motivation <laughs> or a piece of research that they've read or an article that they've read or something that someone has told them. But once you yourself begin to reap the benefit, that becomes an intrinsic motivator, which means you're you're doing it now purely because your body is like just telling you to do it. You yourself are like, I want that again. And so then that that is a much, as far as exercise adherence, research, habit change, research, like that's where you want to be. You want to be in that intrinsic, intrinsically motivated space. So if you are, is a perfectionist the right word? Like if you are a perfectionist or, or an all or nothing kind of person, then don't make all natural movement. Make all I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to go outside three times for five minutes each. And in that way, you can hit your all. Right. So just change what the all is. That's that's very good advice. And then I think that that would work for that type of person who has to check it off and to, and to make sure. It's like, well, then just make it smaller. Make Make the thing that you're trying to accomplish smaller, and then you will feel good about accomplishing the all. Yeah, you don't have to tackle everything, just tackle a few things. Right. That's that's very good advice. See how you are? Okay. Um, 
Let's see. Oh, ooh, this is a good one that came up a lot. I, I don't even know what kind of answer you'd have for this. Let's just go. Uh, the cost of minimal shoes. Mm, that, mm-hmm. that was a biggie. They're expensive for some of them. Some of them aren't and some are. It just, I guess, depends what you're looking for. Well, I think in most of my books, what I've listed as the, the least expensive, like under $10 in most cases are swim shoes. You can slap swim shoes on your kids. There's a minimal shoe. You can usually find them like at Kmart or Walmart or sporting yeah, goods stores, stores or drug stores. Yeah. yeah, they're like $6.99. Wow. Boom. There Next you go. question. Only human, folks. Only <laughs> human. Uh, fear of... And also, let me tell, let me do this other thing. There's a sure. couple other places I found minimal shoes. One is Ross. Like minimal dress shoes. Minimal is in style now in the fact like you can like for dressy. So I'm thinking like right now I'm thinking like spring and summer. Right. Right. Because those are the cutest shoes. Um, If you go to places like Ross and just go to your go to your shoe size, you will find that there are a whole bunch of minimal shoes. Um, There are a lot. They're so cheap. They're so they are less than $20, less than $25, and they are, they're not exercise minimal shoes in all cases. Sometimes they are. If you but have to in, work or go out. Yes, like you have professional, yeah. like there's your whole summer, there's your whole summer shoe right there, your whole summer shoe line. Also, um, I let people know, like REI, if you're a member of REI, they have what's called a basement sale for members a couple times a year, in which case, I mean, I think I've picked up four or five pairs of Vibrams, they're used and they're returned. So it's it's stuff that's been returned, not usually because it's faulty, but because they just have a great return policy. If you don't like it, just bring it back. And so for Vibrams, a lot of people went right into Vibrams and then they, they didn't do any transition. They don't do any exercises. And then now they got weird stuff between their toes. Like, I don't like stuff between my toes and they just take them back. So there are just piles of Vibrams and other minimal shoes for like 50%. And, so and if you, you can- want... Yeah, you can really look online too because I've never paid more than than forty five bucks for a pair of I call them Vibrams, but yeah, just Vibram, 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 Tomato, Tomato. But you can, if you really look, there's so many sites that sell them on clearance. Yeah, and if you know your size, then boom, you've got. I've got a closet full of them that I paid you know thirty forty bucks for, just waiting for a pair to wear out, and then I move into the next one. Yeah, yeah, you can. It's more legwork, but. Huh. Sorry, that's that pretty oh good for gosh. somebody who's only human. Oh, that was actually a superhuman pun because it that was. was a pun on so many levels. I bow down. I bow down to you. You you truly wow. are the you're the the punny queen. You're the pun. You're the punny queen. But right there, I mean, you're the pun girl, right? Pun girl. You you would um, prefer pun girl to pun queen. A pun girl. Yeah, I'm a girl. Pun girl. You can be the pun girl, and I will just watch you from a distance sounds like in a admiration. <laughs> okay. So, okay. so cheap shoes, cheap shoes. This okay. So th- we, those we are solutions. That. So yeah. those are solutions right there. I think that I think that you can find something quite adequate for much less than you think. It's true. Fear of hurting oneself. That was something that came up as people get scared of, of creating an injury and then separately people that are dealing with injuries. Yeah. Well, that's certainly, I mean, that's a valid you should have, I don't think, know if you should have a fear of hurting yourself as much as I want to make sure that I'm transitioning smartly. And so the best way to do that is to read and understand the concepts as much as possible before starting anything. So most people who would be afraid to follow a, you know, you need to get more rugged terrain 
you know, your body needs more vitamin rugged terrain, will walk across their friend's lawn without thinking that that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. Where when I say it, the fact it's like, but I, I could hurt my ankle, I could do whatever. It's like you're already mindlessly doing so many of the things that I suggest. You just don't see them as a therapeutic doing them consciously and, and choosing to do them. Um, so I, I think that you should just read and, un, and make sure you understand a concept before trying it out. Make sure you, that you're doing the corrective exercises and not just it's like, oh, Katie says hanging. You know, even though, even though I listed like 14 different steps of exercise to try before and say, make sure you do this over six months. Everyone's like, I just went out to the thing. And it's like, I tried hanging. It's like, okay, so that's on you. You know, if, yeah. if you know, type stuff, you have to think about the 10% rule, like in, in exercise science, transitions are recommended like 10%. You're trying to change your body 10%. Um, and you're nudging, you know, you're just, all you're doing is exercising. You're just exercising. You're adding new exercises. It's just the stuff seems radically different than the other seven exercises that you might have done. Um, meanwhile, you are injured if you are injured, but your injury comes from doing the things that you are now currently doing for the most in, in most of the cases, you know, your injuries are not about the one thing or the two things that you've done. They're like this long-term yeah, accumulation like of how you've yeah. moved. Yeah, yeah. So so that's all we're having you do is, one, look back. Look back at how you've moved before. Assess that. We're trying to give you tools. Yeah. I'm trying to give you tools to help you quantify how you've moved in the past. And then from that point, it's like, now let's make a 10% change to that. So You said something very cool in the boob show that we did about people transitioning to braless. And it really stuck with me. You, you said you should give the work back slowly mm-hmm. to those other tissues and those other body parts that have not been working. You can't just dump it all on them. You have to give the work back slowly. Yeah. And that's, a, I mean, it's, it's an exercise principle that... I think everyone listening to this understands, yet what they don't understand is why taking a boob out of a bra is akin to exercise. They're just boobs. There's no bones. There's no muscle. Like it's You have to start thinking about your body as everything that you're doing is movement and exercise is also movement. All the same rules apply. Just because it doesn't look like this contrived thing of exercise doesn't mean that the load science doesn't apply, that the physiology responds any differently. You're trying to grow new parts in many cases. You are slowly giving work back when it has been outsourced previously to flat and level ground to your couch, to your shoes, to your belt, to your bra, whatever it is, you you have been casted. And just as if taking off any cast, you are gentle with the casted parts. But the casts that we're talking about here are more, they're literal. They're not metaphorical. They're just more invisible. They're hard to see the boundaries of them. And so as you're slowly getting rid of these hard to see cast, just always think like, I am someone who's fresh out of a cast. What tiny thing can I do? And how long can I do it? And when should I choose to do the next tiny thing? How about when the first tiny thing feels a little bit better, you know, and so on and so on. Okay, next uh, hurdle. Oh, this was a good one. Extra weight. Some some people wrote in and, and, and that's their hurdle to, you know, getting more natural movement. Well, again, you have to break natural, like natural movement is a category. It's a category of things. When you have extra weight, all, all you have is really a really heavy load 
or a kind of heavy load, or I should say a more natural load than what you will would have had or what you will have eventually. So you just have to kind of think about what are the requirements and going, how can I make sure that I'm not over overloading anything? And I think in, the, in Move Your DNA, the most concise place it's said is in Move Your DNA where it's like, if you have a knee problem, like say you have an ACL issue or whatever, and you go to the doctor and you do have extra weight, there's a chance that you will be told that your weight is creating the knee problem. And so a lot of people have knee problems and they have extra weight. It's like, well, you need to move more to lose the extra weight, but I can't move more because I have a knee problem. So in that case, as I talk about in the book, it was like, you know, you can adjust your foot and thigh position to reduce the load, i.e. the weight, on that knee just by changing your skeletal orientation. And that's why I start with alignment points. So natural movement, you know, the book seems really big, but if you've been reading all the other books, you there are so many alignment points along the way. It's like, so maybe you're not going to walk four miles because it's natural movement. Maybe you're going to walk a tenth of a mile. But that tenth of a mile that you walk distributed, even if it's distributed throughout the day, can be better for you if you heed some of the alignment points, that those points will help you deal with your weight because they will distribute that weight better over your body so that the weight itself does not become a injury maker in any one isolated point. You know, people strap all the time an extra 70 or 80 pounds onto their back and go hiking. So the weight isn't the issue as much as the lack of muscle to deal with the weight. And that's what that's what you want to get first is you want to get a better mass distribution, meaning more muscle to help you deal with your weight. Then what starts happening is your fat mass will start decreasing because as you get more muscle to deal with your weight, you then expend more energy, which then decreases the fat mass. Good answer. Thank um, you. You're welcome. We are so over our time, but this was a huge show. Let's let's do one more. Let's okay, one all right. More. Well, um, time is a pro- time is a problem for me. How do we finish yeah. our podcast in time? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How about where to start? Start with your feet. Start with your feet. Your feet are this huge neglected part of your body that every other motion is going to pass through. So start with your feet. It's the first book I wrote, and subsequently it is the one, two, three, like fourth or fifth book. I have another kind of newer book out. Just start with changing your foot, like change your shoes. Changing your shoes and the alignment of your feet and the strength of your feet is could you know could take you a large amount of time. Um, in, in I mean, meaning that there's a lot of bang for your buck there, but you, all you have to do for time. For people who have like, I don't have time. It's like, okay, all you're doing is putting a new shoe on in the morning. You're already going to put shoes on. That's no extra time. No extra time. No extra time. The exercises that you can do at your desk can all be for the foot and the ankle and strengthening the foot. No time away from work necessary. You're still getting more movement. You're still getting more natural movement. And you're strengthening the foundation. You can, since you're walking slow, if you have little kids, you can be extra mindful about your walking position and how you're walking and how you're using your feet because you're just walking at one mile an hour. Perfect. Problem solved. If you have extra weight, then 
learning how to deal with your extra weight through a stronger foot, so much better for your foot and your knee and your hip. And eventually will transfer over to being able to move longer and faster. So start with your feet. Final answer. It's a great answer. I'm going to give you the slow clap. That was awesome. And you just talked about your next book. So let's talk about that next podcast. The first yeah. foot book that you wrote, Every Woman's Guide to Foot Pain Relief, which I just can't say this enough. It's for men <laughs> and women. It's I know. Just, it has a high heel on the front, but as given away by the cover and the name. Yes, but it's it really is for for both. So that's a good one. But the next one that's coming out, let's talk about that next podcast. It's your whole yeah. body barefoot book, which dun dun dun. Yeah, totally geeking out about that one. Yeah, it's it's like it it's really cool. I think it's it's the most. It's, I'm so excited. Oh, oh, let's just not, let's just talk about it next time. Okay, let's talk about next time. Okay, okay, bye. Well, thank you for your time. Go out and be only human. I love you for it. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time. All right, thanks, Danny. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. You can learn more about Danny Hammett at moveyourbodybetter.com.